The following podcast is a mass media production. Hi, I'm Josh Galindo. And I'm Crystal Galindo. Welcome to the Going Galindo Rugrats and Renovations podcast. A lifestyle podcast where we will offer our experience and expertise in building real, lasting wealth through renovating and flipping homes. And the chaos that comes with balancing a family of six, leaving nothing unsaid. Follow our wild ride we call life and apply our lessons to your own journey. Good morning. Good morning, honey. How are you? I am excellent. How are you? I am excellent. Thank you for asking. Today we got a special guest. Yes. Very special. Very special. special. So close to your heart. This guy is so close to my heart. (laughs) (laughs) And so close to your office. He just prints money. The guy has to walk around with a bucket because he's constantly (laughs) dropping money on the ground. He has to mop it up behind him. Oh, and his name is Matt Langeth with yeah. Gilliger Group Real Estate. Welcome. Good morning. Welcome. <laughs> How are you? Good. I wish I had that bucket where I was <laughs> dropping money everywhere. Nah, we just like to manifest this kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Crystal has a bucket. Just... And a mop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Pop culture. All right. That would be funny for those that are listening and understand it. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to tell you about Battleborn Injury Lawyers. They handle personal injury, which covers everything from auto accidents to wrongful death. You never know when something bad will happen to you or your family. Be smart about it and make sure that you have a resource to contact right away if you should ever need it. Put Matt's number in your phone now. He will not let you down. It's 702-570-9000. Well, let's see. So what do we got? So we've got Matt, and I guess uh, I'll give a little um, description of who I believe Matt is to us. Yeah. And then obviously Matt will give a description on who he believes Matt is. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. So Matt Langeth is uh, in charge of um, the growth component of the brokerage, um, and uh, he also practices real estate. Mm-hmm. He is the most successful agent in the office um, by production and volume and gross commission and everything. Everything, um, and something that I have told him from day one, and I communicated to those around us in the office when we chose to put him in a position of authority at Glenn Group Real Estate is if I can identify somebody that I see as a high energy, high producing. Um, individual, I like to bring them close to the circle mm-hmm. and see if our two energies um, blended can generate more success for um, myself and for them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's kind of where Matt uh, fits in as far as Glenda Group Real Estate. I consider you a good friend. Um, I do as well. I call and bounce ideas off of. Um, he's a family man. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's got two kids and a wife. And... Um, uh, I guess the rest is up to you. Yeah, let him tell his story, babe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Matt, why don't you, because, I mean, we know a little bit of your backstory and why you got into real estate, but just for everybody else, I think it's a very inspiring story, so I think that you should share that. So just kind of give a little back Of date. course, yeah, and, and thank uh, Inspiring <laughs> is a great word. <laughs> so I'll try to inspire. But, yeah, so um, I was born and raised here in Vegas, went to UNLV. I became a high school teacher. So back in 2011, I was teaching high school at Foothill, and that's what I truly love to do was, and it's not shaping young minds, but it's really just getting that intrinsic value of helping somebody where it's not a money reward, but it's, it's, it's It's a purpose. Yeah. It's, it's something that you're doing better in the world. And unfortunately, teachers don't get paid even close to what they should be paid. They should all be millionaires and instead Mm -hmm. they're all struggling to find a second job. Uh. So I noticed that right away. Um, I was working also in hospitality, nightclub industry, um, doing both. I would say that was your second job. That, <laughs> yes, that was. That, and actually, it was my primary job because I made much more doing that. And so I ended up uh, switching out of teaching and just doing the nightclub industry. So when I bought my first house in 2014, um, I had a, a decent experience with my realtor, and I did a lot of. Uh, my own work while I was trying to find this house. So it, it sparked something in my mind that I said, I kind of enjoy doing this. Mm-hmm. And I was close to my realtor. So he showed me the ins of and ins and outs of what he was doing. And I said, I think this is something that I can do. 
uh, we got, my wife, Bri and I got married. And when we found out we were pregnant with Scarlett, our um, oldest daughter, who's four right now, I said the nightclub industry is not where I should be. Uh, you work in the opposite sure. nine to five sure. than right. where, where I should be. It's the wrong nine to five. <laughs> so it's a hundred percent wrong. Nine it's, to five. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. And so, um, I decided I went through many things. What, what career path can I do other than teaching? And I ended up finally settling on real estate. Um, going back to my experience of buying a house, I said, I think this is something I can do. So I ended up getting my license in December of 2015 um, and then just growing from there. I, you know, I've been with two brokerages before, Galindo Group. What um, was your first brokerage? My first brokerage was Horizon Realty Group. Ah. How did so, you pick them? It was uh, my realtor who I used. Uh-huh. Um, it was his. Got it. So I, okay. I jumped on his team for about three months. Um, and it, it's a smaller brokerage, kind of like ours. And I, you know, it was nothing wrong with them, but I, I looked for something different. So I ended up jumping over to Realty One Group, and I was with them for about three years. And they're a big box, so a lot of agents who work there. Um, really good, um, you know, a, a system of top producing agents there who um, do very well. But it became like a side job to me. I was still in the nightlife industry, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't get out. It's a it's a black hole. Sure, and very just tough that, thing to get out of. I, I like that you said that. Yeah, it's it's the guaranteed money. Right, and yeah. then you go in every night. You know you're going to make money. Um, and a sales job is the exact opposite. Sure, it's correct. N- you know, not guaranteed at all, as you know. <laughs> um, so, uh, but as my my um, career started to progress, and I was using my relationships that I made with coworkers at Hakkasan, pure, true relationships that had nothing to do with real estate. Sure, they ended up using me and and referring me because of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as an octopus, my my tentacles started to really mm-hmm. spread out, and this spider web started to happen where I was getting much more busier in real estate than I was. Yeah, I didn't have time for the nightlife. You didn't night have life. time to do your night job anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the, the insurance was amazing. <laughs> so then in 2019, I kind of, you know, I, I searched around for a brokerage where I could have broker support and a family atmosphere and, and walk into a building and feel like I belonged mm-hmm. and that it was, it would replace what I had at the nightclub, which was a family atmosphere. Sure. And uh, I ended up finding that here with, with you, you two at Galinda Group. How did you actually identify, like, where was your first, oh, you, I, I, actually you told me this, but. I got to ask it anyway, because they mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> what was the first interaction with the brand that made you... I'm just curious, your first interaction. And then mm-hmm. I guess I would ask you, what made you uh, say, you know what, I think I like it over there. I want to go give it a shot. Yeah. So I had met with a few brokerages. I did my due diligence and I said, I'm going to meet with the big box, um, the small brokerages and everything in between. I'm going to make sure that my next choice is where I stay. And meeting with one brokerage, I actually turned the corner. I was coming down to Durango. <laughs> I saw the building. Um, and What color was the building? It, it was purple. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Crystal, for choosing the building to be purple. <laughs> purple building. And something right then, I, you know, I saw the big Galena Group real estate, and I had somehow heard the name Galena Group before. I had shown a house. I remember that. But somewhere else I had heard it. So I actually reached out to a buddy of mine, Roman, who was on my team, and I said, hey, have you heard of Galena Group? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's one of the brokerages that when I switch into – uh, residential that I, I might think about immediately got on the Instagram and like it was a, a just meant to be the <laughs> post from like three hours before that was 10 more spots available for new agents please <laughs> you know contact yeah. us to to um to become part of the family and it, it I had looked and you didn't have a post like that before and it was that day when I was looking, it just, to me, I'm all about signs. I, I know wherever I'm at, at this specific time, I'm supposed to be here and there's a reason. Uh. Mm-hmm. And things, you know, like they line up. And when I see the stars lining up, I it's it's God. It's somebody telling me, you got to jump on that. Yeah, awesome. it's an opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I called, I had the interview. It went amazing. Um, and then I walked out saying, it's, it's a done deal. I'm going to join Glenda Group. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's cool to hear. I think I really liked um, just where you said like you wanted a place that replaced the industry Mm because you did have like friendships there. And like that's a lot of, you know, why people stay where they're at because they like the people they work with. They like that culture. And most real estate brokerages don't, I mean, in my personal opinion, don't have that like Remax, Realty One, Keller Williams. They're just too big. You're just like Mm -hmm. a fish in the pond. Like there's nothing 
that makes it special. Exactly. So I'm glad that you recognize that because we try really hard to create an environment that like everybody supports everybody and just like uh, an environment for people to produce, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. What was your perception of Galinda Group? And, and you could say maybe you didn't have one. I've never asked you this question, but what was your perception of Galindo Group prior to joining and then what ended up being the reality? Because I think that's I think that'd be valuable for agents maybe listening to this Mm -hmm. because they have this perception of maybe either who I am or what the brand is. And then I think people walk in and they're like, why is he, he, wow, he's wearing shorts today. He's wearing sweatshorts (laughs) and he's got Adidas on and he, and he's cussing and he's running around and his wife's there and his kids are there. (laughs) It may be a whole different experience than what they actually are envisioning. So Mm -hmm. did you have a perception before or did you not really know? I had a little, a, a little perception of Glinda Group, and I had been in one of your flips, and um, to me, it was very modern. I don't want to say upscale, but it, w- it was very, very nice. And also, when I first had come into the building and seen everything, I said, okay, this is a very hip, modern place, but I, I didn't have that perception of family atmosphere, and I think that's very important for other agents and and clients, buyers and sellers to know actually what goes on in these walls is people here who actually care and and they're laid back, but they're not laid back to an unprofessional standard. Well said. Mm -hmm. You know, let me capitalize on that for a moment. There's no accidents that you walked into a flip and you had that perception Mm -hmm. of, of upscale, modern, clean, all of that new, new. Mm -hmm. And then it translated when you walked into the office there. and, and, And when you say care, I think it's really important. I care about, almost everything in my life mm-hmm. down to my flips, to my business, to the culture that we have going on here. I care, I care, I care. And it shows up everywhere. Yeah. There's no accidents. You didn't know anything about me or the brand. And you could see just by walking in a, a random house that mm-hmm. I had touched mm-hmm. and say, this person cares. And I think that's the big perception that, um, it, the big, yeah, I guess the big perception out there is, is I, people walk into my flips and there's no accidents. They immediately compliment it. They say, it looks like you cared. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I care about that baseboard that's not properly cocked or that um, light fixture that's not square with the dining room table or that you have bright white light bulbs against like modern yellow, excuse me, against uh, yellow light bulbs. It's like when I walk in, I want everything to be uniform. I want it to look great because I care. I care about what the next person that's going to own that home will experience when they own it and when they're entertaining, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what the perception of their friends will be of them for making the choice to buy that home. Mm-hmm. Um well, and I all care. that's a representation of you, right. you know. Right. It, it's me. It's a reflection of me personally. Yeah. Yep. So, well, cool. That's freaking awesome. I love hearing it. I, <laughs> I, you know, and, and I think that's why we've blended so well. And I think that's why you've been so successful. Um, I, I, I believe that that is a core component to being successful is you have to care tremendously. Mm-hmm. You have to. And everyone, you're, I mean, when you're on vacation and, and, and you're working and you're on vacation with your family, you're working. Mm-hmm. Because you care. Yeah. If and you didn't care, you'd be like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this right now. But you care about your business, and your business is your clients. And you said a great line um, in one of the meetings. You said, real estate, you don't work when you want. You work where you want. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I could work in my house. I could work in my office or like I did in January on a mountain trail, <laughs> the road to Hana in Maui, where I opened a deal and closed two deals in a 15-minute period looking over at the Jurassic Park mountain uh, um, Where cliff. they filmed it. Yeah. 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 And that's where I did it. So, And it was kind of cool because I could work while being there or in a line at Disneyland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What so. a statement of freedom. If oh, you think it's of, amazing. What, a, a, yeah, a statement of freedom. Yeah. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. It, it's a true blessing. You can work where you want. You don't get mm-hmm. to work when you want. It's where you want. Mm-hmm. But that's the biggest part of real estate. I, I, I learned that. I was getting uh, sweated over a deal closing. This agent just kept calling, calling, calling. We were on the boat in the middle of the lake. Mm-hmm. And we had stopped to swap out wakeboards and, uh, and the rider. And I look at my phone. I got like eight missed calls from this lady. I call her back. We set the, set the, the, the situation right. And I hung up. And I looked at myself. I'm like... I get to work wherever I want, mm-hmm. just not when I want. So I had to stop, and the whole mm-hmm. boat had to stop because mm-hmm. I was the driver. And, uh, and and so everybody's world stopped for a moment. But then I was able to be blessed to be able to be on the lake mm-hmm. wakeboarding five minutes later. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I was going to say, so when you decided to do the real estate thing, um, how did was that? How did that conversation go with Bria? Like, were you, was she, how did she feel about it, I guess? 
She was because I I would imagine that it would be a little nerve wracking because there's not there's no guarantee you know mm-hmm. what I mean so you know what and this is probably the most truthful statement I'll ever make is she believes in me a hundred and fifty percent more than I believe in myself it, whatever I want to do she's not only my biggest cheerleader mm-hmm. and and champion but she literally knows I will not fail. Yeah. So when I told her that I wanted to get into real estate, it was great. Let's get the business cards. Let's get everything mm-hmm, going. Mm-hmm. Well before I thought about business cards or who I'm going to market to or anything yeah. like that, she was already like, okay, so how do you get the top 1%? She just knew. Yeah. 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 Ugh, and it so could have been annoying. anything. I could have said I'm, I'm selling flashlight pens, which I thought about <laughs> from the nightlife industry. And, and it could have been, you know, whatever it was, uh-huh. she'd be 100% on board because I just, I had gone through the motions in my mind to say, this is something that I want to pursue. And then she, she was on. It's just supportive. How yep. cool is that? Yeah. I, uh, I would say I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's yin and yang in every relationship and crystal is yin and I'm yang or whichever one it is. But, mm-hmm. um, globally speaking, everything that I've ever said, we're going to go do you back me, you believe in me, mm-hmm. and uh, and we go and do it. And I think mm-hmm. that's a big part of the success too, a big part of the uh, formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is you got to have your significant other believing in you and knowing that you can do it and supporting you through the ups and the downs Yeah, because there's a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, well said. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, especially with real estate and having a family, that's very challenging because it, it's a very demanding mm-hmm. um career path. So how does, how does she help you with that? How does she make sure that you are able to work? She takes 99% (laughs) of the load that isn't real estate. Mm -hmm. So our kids, she, she is their whole world and she feeds them every single meal. She's with them 24 seven. And you get the fun parts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I come home, I I play dad and they jump on my back Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. And then we all go to bed, but she's, she does everything. She cooks, she cleans, she's hangs out with us. Um, she take pretty much takes care of our whole Mm -hmm. world. And I just make sure that we make enough money and that we're stable, and mm-hmm. that we have uh, security with with money and with everything else. Um, that's my job. And then we never even talked about it. Just she wanted to be a stay at home uh, mother, and I said, okay, I'm going to find a way to to Maybe, allow you to yeah. do it. I was going to say that's like a really good dynamic, and I think it's so important. And even when I first met her, I could tell that she was like grateful for you know mm-hmm. you and for where she's at with like everything that she gets to do. And I know like the stay at home mom thing can be challenging too. Oh, yeah. um, but I know that she's like just so grateful for you. And so I love that about you guys. Like I really think that's so important that she's so supportive of you. Mm-hmm. There's a joke in the office that I've said that when I die, I'm going to come back as Matt's wife. <laughs> you said that a few times. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> She's got to have you, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's uh, that's cool. That's really cool. I think I just think that's important for us to know because you know you're not just a real estate agent mm-hmm. now. Now you've grown into um, bigger things, and I think that one of the main things when Josh and I had talked about it when he was thinking about after he met you and how he thought like, man, this is what I've been looking for for this position. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, the number one thing was like, he's a family man. He let, and his wife is totally supportive. And mm-hmm. that, I think that's so important because if you don't have that support, it really can hinder your growth and your career path. Of so course. the moment that I learned that lesson is when I picked up my first big investor that I mm-hmm. knew was going to propel my business to the next level and talk about someone that has insight. This came from him in one of my qualifying conversations with him. And Crystal was sitting next mm-hmm. to me. He goes, does your, li- does your wife let you work? <laughs> so mm-hmm. to me, yeah. I just assumed that that was the norm. normal. Because yeah. that was what I had experienced. And mm-hmm. that was the support that I was getting from my wife at that time. But I remember almost being like shocked with the question, like, huh? And then I had to refocus and go, yeah, of course. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, my gosh. It, there's some women that demand that don't allow that to happen mm-hmm. yeah and, they, um, and he was aware of that and he knew that so he didn't want to get in bed with a guy that had had that dynamic at home yeah and i was like absolutely yeah it's like fuck yeah she lets me work yeah. bro i'm like please go to work <laughs> no it's been big so let's that, that that's a really good point yeah. um 
Yeah. So what was the next move? So you so you said to yourself, and, and this is another big part of uh, I think growth and 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 growth and success added success to the existing success is you have to grow a team around you. Mm-hmm. And so you run the largest team at Glenda Group Real Estate. How many people are on the team? Seven. Seven. So you have seven Langeth team members. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the decision around that? Why was there, what was it? Was it a money um, decision? Was it a work less decision? I don't think that's what it was. But <laughs> let's elaborate on that for a moment. So I, I, my whole life, and I don't probably going back to, you know, as far as I can remember, if I'm not moving up and forward, if I'm just staying still or, you know, God forbid, moving backwards, I can't handle that. In my, It just eats away at me. Mm-hmm. So I always have to move forward. So when I got into real estate and I started being successful and I was closing 18 deals, 20 deals a year, and, and I could see the path I was moving forward, then what was the next step? That's what I went through my mind. And it was starting my own team. And I think there was two things about it. And I don't think it was profiting off my team because that's... I don't believe that that's the case either. I don't think so either. Yeah. And it really wasn't because I, I was very truthful too. I said, okay, if I take on, uh, you know, seven to 10 more agents, uh, how much would I make on, on each? And it, it's it's not enough to say that's exactly why I want to do it is the money. Right. The, the two reasons were, first of all, I love to teach. Mm. So if I could be a teacher and they would make the money I make then I would not be a realtor. I would be a high school teacher. So this was my opportunity to teach real estate and, and, and be in that realm and, and, and be in my comfort zone. So that was the first thing. The second thing was I just wanted to kind of expand my, my brand. And I think my brand was a lot of other agents working with me, working for me, um, getting my name out there. And then as soon as they get big enough, the goal is for them to sure. jump off the team, mm-hmm. do their own thing. Yep. And then I just, you know, get a new one. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was all about growth and it was about teaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cause there's, 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 I have the same, the, the I don't know, I got to word this properly, but so the flipping business is the bulk of our income. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the retail side. Mm-hmm. Um, the retail side requires all of the overhead and mm-hmm. the flipping side doesn't. And then there's times when I sit back and I ask myself, why, why am I stressing myself out over all of this? And there's different types of value in life. There's obviously monetary value that brings cash in that allows you to go and buy mm-hmm. stuff and enjoy different parts of life that mm-hmm. require money. And then there's fulfillment value. Right. And I gain a lot of fulfillment from being able to teach and share um, and and watch other people grow and prosper because of the knowledge that I've shared with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally get it. I get it. Fulfillment. There's yeah. fulfillment and then there's money. And yeah. if you can blend the two things, I think it's yeah. a beautiful because there's a lot of people that um, to feel fulfilled in their purpose isn't necessarily something that's going to create income for them. Yeah. So if you're able to find that balance to where what your purpose is and what's fulfilling you can generate income for you, that's yeah. like the sweet Huge. spot. Yeah. yeah. Totally. That's the sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if my kids made me money, man, <laughs> I'd do so good. <laughs> we'll open a daycare. You'd have more than four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So just to touch back on to your team and leadership and all of that, I know mm-hmm. that you're extremely successful. So what are you... Um, what tools are you teaching your team and then what tools have you used to be successful in real estate? Cause mm-hmm. I know it's, it's a challenging profession. So, yeah, it is. Um, and I think with this profession, it's, it's, you need to find business mm-hmm. and people need to trust you. Like the number one word in, in this is trust. You're not going to use a realtor who you don't trust. Right. Sure. And yeah. So, you know, I can know the ins and outs of a transaction and the ins and outs of everything to get a deal from the offer to the keys or for the seller, the offer to moving out. And anyone can do that. There's 19,000 agents in Las Vegas. They all can do that. They all have mentors who can guide them through the, the, the X factor. And it, it may sound cheesy, but you need to care. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I probably live with that word is... You need to care about your clients. And in every single situation, I put myself in my client's position, in their shoes, with every little thing I do. How would I want my realtor to respond in this situation? How would I want my realtor to do this, do that? Knowing that I would want my realtor to do the right thing every time and still be able to profit. So I'm not talking about money. 
but making sure that when a negative situation pops up, you as the agent care. It's not about you. It's about your clients. And mm -hmm. that's what I think that's my biggest tool. And that's what I uh, teach to my team is that's what's going to make you stand out from the, the sea of realtors and part-time, full-time agents. There are a lot of agents out there who have been doing this for many years and are very successful and their resume would blow mine out of the water. But how do I get clients and my unfair share of the market? Mm -hmm. And that would be by caring, by mm -hmm. Because it's, it's going to spread. When you care about one person, they want to be the person who refers an amazing agent. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody wants to know the best person, whether it's the best doctor, the best nail lady, the best mm -hmm. nail lady. But if, so if you give them a good experience, they're going to be like, I know the best realtor. Exactly. They but, want their friend to come back and say, you gave me such yep. a good referral. Let me ask you this. What do you spend a month on marketing personally? Uh, $2,000. <laughs> okay. Outside, before you had your team, what did you spend on marketing personally? Zero. Exactly. Yeah. And I would say that the reason you answered 2000 was because you wanted to add additional value to your team. That's but it. your business is generated by referrals, yes. yep. which come from what you just said. That's, that's 100%. So before I had my team, I spent in a four-year period, I probably spent $400. And that's because I was trying out Facebook leads. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, I got zero from that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, my, my spend, my market spend is keeping up with my clients, getting them little, you know, um, thank you gifts, reminding them, hey, I'm here by sending them, you know, a, a baby shower gift or a Christmas present mm -hmm. or something, yeah. mm -hmm. or just calling them up. Like that's, that's my, my market spend. And then when I took on a team, I said, I have my deals and I want to be able to feed a little to my team. So that's when I moved into spending a little bit per month. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. You speak really well, man. I'm really impressed. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I, I knew that. But, you know, sometimes yeah. you have people come in and they kind of clam up and it's like kind of tough to pull information out of them or they, you know, they, they, they're intimidated by the microphone. Or I, the think, headphones I think or... that's the teacher thing. Oh yeah, it is. And yeah. I was, let me, let me go into this mm -hmm. for a second. <laughs> I think an additional thing I have, I have a million keys to success, <laughs> but this one is another one that I, I hang my hat on is the ability to communicate. Mm -hmm. and, I think it's really important. And you're an expert at that. We always I'm, are growing. I'm an expert. Mm -hmm. I know I am. I call it the gift of the gab. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, it, we're always growing, so I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I've def I know that that's a big part of what makes me successful is my ability to communicate. Yep. So. Yeah, and what's funny is when I was choosing to become a high school teacher at UNLV, uh, I was awful at public speaking. Just it, it was like one of my fears, and I would get a dry mouth, and I would shake, and <laughs> I took a communications one-on-one -on -one class. I ended up selling that teacher 10 years down the road, his house. <laughs> and, and, that a boy, man. <laughs> true story. And uh, then when I got in, I, I remember my first day in front of these 17 and 18-year-olds, and I'm 23, and I had a beard just to look older than them. <laughs> and I was so nervous. And they're just, I'm like, these kids are going to eat me alive. I, five years ago, I was them. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the semester, I was demanding the attention, all eyes on me, and but they loved it. Mm -hmm. And I had the highest attendance rate. In the whole school, ah. uh, yeah, and kids were skipping classes before and after, but coming to my period for, <laughs> for history, which, by the way, is not Which is very boring, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you mix in so, uh, through your PowerPoint, all of a sudden you're going through George Washington, and then, boom, there's a Justin Bieber PowerPoint slide, and they start laughing or a picture of my dog, and it's just to keep their attention. But then all of a sudden they start to listen to you, and that's when I think I picked up on my, my communication niche, skills and how yeah. to you know, pass on what, what's in my head, how to communicate it. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's I was actually having a conversation with Crystal about this is, is in your mind, the, 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 the quality way to communicate is to be able to take a thought and apply a word to it that mm -hmm. describes the thought accurately. Mm -hmm. So when the larger your vocabulary gets, the better you are at identifying the proper word for that thought and then yep. vocalizing it. Um, and I think that's where the challenge is is, 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 is building the vocabulary and then taking a moment to pause and ensure that the thought that you're having, you're applying the proper word to it. Some people just ramble because they're nervous mm -hmm. and they're just applying all the wrong words to their thoughts. And then when the other person sits back and looks at them, they're like, I didn't understand anything that you just said. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's because they're not, they don't have the ability to apply the proper word to the thought. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just something that we were talking about. 
Hey, I want to take a minute to tell you about one of our sponsors, Nick Marietta at Southwestern Custom Construction. Nick does it all. He's got a construction company, a wholesale business, and a flipping business. He's someone you can count on, and the best part is there's really no job too big or too small for him. Nick is your guy if you need help with a full, complete flip or just a small renovation project. You can reach Nick at 480-235-8148 or find him on Facebook and or Instagram at the real Nick Marietta. So when I look at you, Matt, I just see a winner. Do you feel like a winner? I, 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 I mean that. When you yes. wake up in the morning, do you look in the mirror and go, I'm a fucking winner? Yes, I do. I do. And I don't do it in a cocky way. I, no. I do it in like a blessed way. But sure. like, yeah, I feel like I'm winning in, in pretty much every aspect of life, but there's, I want to win more. So let me ask you this. So if, if an aspect of your life is suffering, what do you do? I focus on it. There you go. Mm-hmm. I look at my life as a bunch of different cups full of water. Mm-hmm. Every relationship, every aspect have their own cup of water. And I'm constantly monitoring each cup of water. And I'm making sure that they all have enough water in them. Mm-hmm. And if one is low, I go and focus on that one. And I fill that one back up. And then I look over to my left. If that one's a little bit low, I fill that one back up. It's the lifestyle of a winner, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a good analogy. Crystal, get out of here. Oh my get out of here. No, Do you wake okay. up every day and say you're a winner? Yeah. Good. I mean, yeah. You have every reason to. Yeah. That's how I justify mm-hmm. it. I look around at my life and I say, what are the results that I'm producing? Are they results of a winner? Mm-hmm. Then I've just confirmed that I'm a winner. And then if there's a section of your life that you're not winning in, then you have to go and pay that attention yep. until you're a winner again. I love it. I think it's really important. <laughs> All right. Let's roll into some statistics. Okay. And- yeah. You guys can talk about the market. <laughs> And uh, let's just let's just do this really quick because yeah. who knows when this is going to air. Yeah. What is today's date? Today is three nine twenty one. So March 9th, twenty twenty one, Las Vegas real estate market. What the fuck is going on out there? It's only <laughs> it is an Uber seller's market. I, I read it's called hyper 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 yes. aggressive. Market. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, okay, so let's just create a, a quick snapshot. Uh, House in the Paseos. Mm-hmm. Which client do you want to use first to, to talk about biggest shock value? You could go into um, the Galindos, mm-hmm. not us, but your clients. Yep. If you want to use that scenario or any other scenario you can think of. But I just let's describe one that, that really says what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I think that example with the Galindos is, is a great example. So, and I, you want me to tell the whole... Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's all you. Yeah. Yep. So... So we have we have clients who are looking for a home. They're from California. They are amazing buyers. In any other market, any other year, this is a slam dunk. You pick the house you want. You got it, and and you're going to get a good deal on it. Um, so they they're from California. They have been working with myself and and uh, someone on my team, Anthony, and they've been making offers upon offers, and they can't get one accepted. So we looked at a house that was priced at five hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars. Priced very well. I did the comps. I was like, okay, it'll probably appraise at this. Day one, there was no joke, maybe 30 people walking through that open house. And they were, we were social distancing, um, but it was <laughs> all wearing masks. Yeah, yeah, had the masks on, but it was, there's no inventory. There's absolutely no inventory. The, the, their criteria, there was three homes in the whole valley. They were looking the whole map, three homes. And this was one of them popped up. So we walked in. They looked at it for about 20 minutes and he said, let's, let's just stomp on everybody else. Let's get this house. Let's come in 40,000 above list. Let's guarantee if it appraises low, we will hit that. We'll give everything above appraisal. Let's do it. Uh, we made the offer. I told them there's a great chance that we get this because that's the best offer I've ever written on a house. <laughs> and we lost. What'd you lose to? We lost to 10,000 higher guaranteed a hundred thousand above appraisal. So, yeah. So what, does, what does that mean? It is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a wild market right now. And, and it's, it's, it's appreciating so incredibly fast. So where's their opportunity in that? Because that's kind of a shocking statement. And I don't mm-hmm. want it to turn into a statement of fear to people yeah. listening. So let's turn it into opportunity. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for if you're a seller? If you're a seller, I, I feel like... If you plan to sell in the next two years, what does that mean for you? You have more equity in your house right now than I think you've ever had before. In Las Vegas. In totally Las agreed. Vegas. Yeah. I, I, I can't think of another time that you have had more equity than now. So if you're looking to sell and looking to either upgrade 
or downsize your house or you know whatever, move, rent. Now's the time when you need to really think about getting on the market because you will a cardboard box with a roof will sell right now. Mm-hmm. So if you have a a, a, a nice cardboard house, box with a roof, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, if you have one, it'll sell for a hundred thousand um, dollars. And so you got to think about it because what you're going to get in this market right now, you won't. It'll be hard to match again. We're at all time high prices, and the influx of buyers coming in with a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is they're manipulating the market right now because they want the homes. Sure. Mm-hmm. And they're bidding against each other, and the sellers are, are winning. They're capitalizing. The right. sellers are absolutely scoring out right now. Yep. Absolutely scoring out. I think that's a, I think it's really important to note because a lot of people, like when they're going to sell their house, they're like, oh, I would only sell it if I could get this much. It'll never appraise for this much. It's like, but if there's all these people coming with all this cash that are willing to pay above appraisal, this is your opportunity to sell because you can get that number and not have to worry about the appraisal necessarily. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, well said because you don't have to worry about the appraisal in this market mm-hmm. as a seller. Yeah. Um, what I think too, I think should be, talked about is, is a lot of sellers will just determine what their home's worth based on simply going on Zillow or Redfin or yep. realtor.com. Mm-hmm. They don't, they, it's too, un, they're afraid to call the realtor because the realtor is just going to turn into a high sales pitch, mm-hmm. uh, high pressure sales pitch. And so they'll just go in a safe space and go and determine their value based on Zillow or whatever it is. I think now is the most important time to call an agent. And obviously I would encourage you to call Matt, mm-hmm. Matt Langeth. Um, <laughs> In all seriousness, because one, it's not going to be a high-pressure sales pitch. This is just a simple information grab mm-hmm. because what he has is he has inside information that Zillow could never have. For example, having as many listings and buyers that you do throughout the valley, you have a pulse mm-hmm. on every section of the valley. So let's just say that you have a two-story, three-car, pool spa um, in the northwest. We'll call it Lone Mountain and Durango. Mm-hmm. If you go on Zillow, it's going to say it's worth 500000 I don't know what it's worth, so don't quote me on these exact numbers. It's going to say 500000 Well, Matt will have inside information because he just submitted an offer on behalf of a client in that same area and realized that that house had received you know, 15 offers, and it's now $60,000 higher than what they had listed it at, which is 500000 So in reality, when you call someone that has their finger on the pulse, they can recite information back to you that's almost inside information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, Zillow says it's five hundred. Well, I know that you could probably get five sixty. So now, in their mind, they're saying to themselves, "Well, five hundred. I was only going to net a hundred thousand. That's not enough for me to get my move up home." Mm-hmm. But after calling Matt, they'll say, "Holy cow, honey, I can get one hundred sixty thousand. That is enough to buy our move up home." Mm-hmm. Yep. So getting informed and just making the call and getting in bed with someone that you can trust and isn't going to just force you into a high pressure sales moment. Is really really beneficial for the sellers right now. It's huge. Huge. It's huge. Um, and and to to piggyback off that, I like how you said pulse because if you're out in the market, uh, an agent out in the market making offers, like you said, you know exactly what these homes are going for. You know the competition. So when I had um, a few weeks ago, I had buyers. We were number seven in line to walk into this house. We walked in. We made a relationship with the seller. We walked out. They said they wanted. I said, here's what I think you need to offer to get it. And right now there's no playing games. Usually there's a mm-hmm. line you walk mm-hmm. of, do you want the house or do you want a deal? And let's try to figure out what the sweet spot is. Right now it's make your absolute best offer. In that way, if you lose, you can go to bed at night saying, I couldn't afford that house. Beautiful. But you can't go to bed at night saying, I would have come up another $2,000 if I would known that's all it took. Yep. So right. come in with your best exactly, foot. yeah, the highest you can and just know that if you could have come in lower, don't think about that because you got the house. Mm-hmm. We ended up doing that, and we got it, and we got it barely, but it, they got it. So, so here's something that I know that you do, and um, I'm going to just go into it. So how do you get an offer accepted? I'm going to tell you kind of some of my stuff. I may speak for mm-hmm. you, and then if I miss something, you jump in. So how do you get an offer accepted in this market outside of this is the reason you need to use a Galena Group real estate real estate agent because mm-hmm. we are so out of the box thinking. Mm -hmm. So me as the broker, I allow and encourage my agents to think outside of the box, not from fear of getting in trouble, but of, from a place of, I want to educate my agents so that they can do it in a way that is within the legal realms Mm -hmm. and that everybody's been made aware of it and disclosed and and is disclosed of the, of it. So we encourage out of the box thinking, and I had to wear it that way to make sure I didn't get pinned to the wall for saying that. Mm-hmm. So there's other things outside of monetary value to getting an offer accepted. Oh, yeah. It's not always about the money to the seller. So sometimes what I'll ask is I'll ask the agent, 
what is of motivation to your seller? Because for all you know, the seller may be needing to get their money from the sale to be able to go and make decisions. So then now you could put in the offer, um, seller to stay in the property rent-free for two weeks after close of escrow. Mm -hmm. Okay, boom. That's more valuable than the extra 10 grand. Okay. Um, Seller to be able to leave. Okay, let's say it's an elderly person or even someone young that doesn't want to move any of their stuff. They're moving across country and they've got these huge beds and these huge dressers and they've got all this stuff that's super heavy that they don't want or grandma's couch she left with them 10 years ago that they don't want. Mm -hmm. Seller to leave all property, all personal property and property after close of escrow and buyer to dispose of accordingly. Boom. That's of more value than the extra mm-hmm. 10 grand. Okay. I want to show how serious I am. Instead of a $5,000 earnest money, I want to put up a $30,000 earnest money mm-hmm. and I'm already committed to knowing I'm going to buy that home. So putting something in that says, um, uh, EMD to go hard within two calendar days to be released and made non-refundable to the seller in two calendar days. Um, wow, that shows seriousness. I have a dependable buyer, which allows me to go and make decisions on my future knowing this. That's more valuable than the extra $10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't steal all the thunder. So what do you got? Yeah, no, and I, I like, I love all those, those thinking outside the box ideas. And really what you're trying to do is you're trying to, if you're not an all-cash buyer, you're trying to make your offer compete with an all-cash buyer. Mm-hmm. And right now, I just assume that every house my clients want to offer on has an all-cash above list. That's tough to beat. So like you said, we have to think outside the box. How do we make a financed offer beat that above list all cash offer that the sellers are prone to just accept? Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. need to be attractive in other ways. So like you said, raising the EMD if your buyer can, um, doing different terms, maybe paying, you know, maybe your buyer is a good buyer. Maybe you pay for the seller's closing cost, the capital contribution. You change a seller into a buyer paid expense. You waive the warranty, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and those, those are a lot of things that a lot of realtors do and are taught, especially in this market, but you want to stand out from those. So you need to create a relationship with the listing agent. Absolutely. And it 100% works. It worked for me multiple times, even in, I do it regardless. So Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's a buyer's market and I know that I can make a 20 K low offer and get it accepted. I'm still going to make that relationship because it just, it serves me while we're doing the the transaction Mm -hmm. to be able to work nicely with the other person. We're on the same side. We're not on opposite sides. Right. No, everybody wants to deal to close. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and so when you're going up against these cash offers, you make that strong an offer as you can, you deliver it, you make the phone call, you create a relationship with that, that listing agent. You, you ask them where they're from, how long they've been in real estate, you know, um, what, like you said, what is your seller's motivation beyond monetary value? Do they need to stay longer? You know, do they have dogs? You you just, you make that relationship and then you send over the offer, maybe with a cover letter explaining who the buyers are, Mm -hmm. showing that you're serious, showing that you're going to close and then you just follow up. And it's, it's worked for me just three weeks ago. I made a great relationship with the listing agent and he told me, Matt, we had an all cash offer that was just below yours. Technically that's in every way a better offer, but I enjoy talking to you. Mm. I enjoyed your cover letter. My seller loved the cover letter, remembered your clients in that house and said, I want to go with them. And we got it. Well said. Yeah. I think some people like their houses, they, they don't want to go to like, they want it to go to the next user. Like right. they, they, you know, they have a relationship with the house and they want someone that's going to like use it and love it like they do. So I think that's really important. So I know a lot of our listeners work in real estate, and I can't express enough the value of getting your home staged when you're ready to sell. Not only will your house have less time on the market, you'll likely get more money for the house. Thomas and his team do a really great job selecting the right pieces based on your style preference. Check them out at houseofvegashomestaging.com. Again, that's houseofvegashomestaging.com. Everything that I just heard, if I was a buyer that didn't have a clue on how to buy, um, would scare me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's empower people listening that are thinking about buying and why I believe it makes sense. And I think what the because there's a million reasons. So I'm going to frame my statement here. Mm-hmm. Why it makes sense to take it. Why it makes sense to pay a little bit more for a property, but take advantage of a lower interest rate. Mm-hmm. Um, you want me to lead? Sure. Okay. Go ahead. So there's a thought here. It's kind of a formula. What you have to remember is that let's just use a $300,000 house or $400,000 house. If you can buy a property and finance the property for four, for for 2.5% to 3.5% interest over a 30-year 
time mm-hmm. frame. How valuable is that? Okay. So people often get hung up in equity. It's a, what I call equities, I call equity a bragging right or a complaining right. Okay. So everybody gets hung up on equity. You go to a party and, oh, I got $100,000 in equity. That's great, but you can't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called a bragging right. Oh my gosh, I bought my house three months ago and now it's only worth uh, you know, 30000 less than what I paid for it. That's a complaining right. It doesn't change reality. The only reality that exists on a day-to-day basis is what you pay that month. So what money comes in mm-hmm. and what money goes out. So that's why I think borrowing at such a low rate, putting yourself in a position to have a low mortgage payment is more valuable than being able to go to a party and say, I bought it right and I have this much equity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unless you plan to tap into the equity or unless you plan to sell the property and take the loss, then it's a complaining right or it's a bragging right. Right. All that matters is getting a low payment that you can afford. So if the house requires you to pay a little bit extra for it, but you can lock in today's low rates and sit on that for the next 15 years Mm -hmm. and get enjoyment from the property and know that you can afford that payment, I think it's extremely valuable time to buy and take advantage of it. I think buying right now is is absolutely logical and absolutely a good idea if you could take advantage of the low interest rates. I agree. And we wouldn't be selling these homes for X amount over list price. I mean, it's almost guaranteed 10% over list price. Nobody would be paying that if it didn't make a logical sense to buy a house right now. These people with money... And who are making these offers, they're smart individuals. They're not going to go overpay for a house if it didn't make sense. So they see everything that's going on and they say, I need to live somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing. So now people will go into, well, maybe I should just rent or maybe I shouldn't buy right now and wait for the market to calm down or relax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, here's what you're thinking. Let's use that $300,000 house, for example. Everybody needs a place to live. Very easy thing to forget when you're making this decision but very important thing not to forget. Mm -hmm. So let's just say that you're paying $1,400 a month right now and that you wait for a year. Well, that was $15,000 that you just gave to somebody else and wasted. Well, what does $15,000 equate to in a $300,000 purchase? About 5%. So you could have bought that house today at $300,000 and it could have gone down 5% and you'd be in the exact same position. Mm -hmm. But there's absolutely zero upside in renting. So if you did make the purchase at $300,000 and a year goes by, you have at least the upside mm-hmm. of it appreciating and you have the tax benefits and a portion of your payment is going towards paying down the principal. Yep. So don't ever forget that. Don't neglect that you got to pay rent somewhere. So if your concern is that the market's going to crash or this or that, or it's going to go down, well, make sure you're factoring in what you're wasting on rent. Mm-hmm. I got, I know we're running out of time here, so we got to switch, switch yeah. gears. Yeah. Does, how long does this last? And is the market going to crater? I'm sure people are thinking this is a bubble. And I'm just going to tap on this from my perspective. I don't believe that this is a bubble. The reason I don't think it's a bubble is you have to create perspective to understand what a bubble is. Mm-hmm. The bubble was created by giving people loans that they could not pay back. Mm-hmm. Giving people loans that they were not capable of paying back. Mm-hmm. There was a few components taking place at that time. One, the investors were banking on appreciation. So they would buy a home. The payment would be $1,800 a month. And the rent would be twelve, and they'd be going backwards $600 a month. So they would pay $600 a month to own that house. But they were banking on the house becoming worth more than what they were going backwards on with the payments. Mm-hmm. And then that was how they capitalized on it. Well, as soon as the appreciation shifted, all of a sudden that model just malfunctioned. Okay, So you can't keep going backwards, so they just let it go, foreclosure. Mm-hmm. Okay, Well, that person should have never been given a loan because he was going backwards. In today's world, if you think about that, it was almost a ludicrous thought process. Yeah. So today, I believe, and then not to mention all the other people, there was the maids that had 14 homes and you know mm-hmm. they were making $36,000 a year. Um, they were giving loans to people that, couldn't, that didn't have them. So the other thing, too, is that they were giving loans to people that weren't putting down down payments. When you put a down payment on, you're a little bit more emotionally attached to the property because you want to... Um, you don't want to walk away from the eighty, hundred, and fifty thousand yeah. dollars that you've put down. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're requiring people to put that large chunk of money down, which is putting them in a position one to have a lower payment, and two, not want to walk away from that large chunk of equity. They're invested. Versus they're invested. Versus back then they'd give you a hundred percent on the home. If things went sideways, there was no skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. There was no shame. It was like move on, let it go. 
I think they're giving responsible loans to people, and there's a lot of cash in the market. Mm-hmm. You got to remember, there wasn't any cash in the previous market; it was all leverage. Mm-hmm. So that's my two cents. So I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna crash. There may be a correction. It may soften. It may calm down. I don't think you're gonna see. 3,000 square foot homes selling for 48 bucks a foot in Mountain's Edge that were built three years ago. No. So crash, not in the book, Mm-mm. not in the picture. The other thing that people need to understand, too, is when you analyze the crash, it technically started in 2007, mm-hmm. and it only got to down 50%, not that that I think will happen again, in like 2012. Mm-hmm. So it took five years for it to depreciate down that low. Right. You yeah. could see it coming. You could see it coming. It's yeah. not like you buy a house, you wake up tomorrow, it's worth half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real estate's a very slow-moving animal. Very yep. slow-moving animal. You got anything on that? Yeah, and, and what I what I think is they were, like you said, they were giving loans to people who shouldn't have got that mm-hmm. loan. It was mm-hmm. so easy to get a loan back then. And I actually have a client right now who he got back in, I believe it was like 2004, 2005, he was given a loan for $700,000. He's a pilot. And now his income hasn't changed. It's everything is the exact same, and he's laughing that his max is three fifty, <laughs> and so that kind of shows you that yeah, they that... almost doubled what he could afford back then because they they didn't care. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 writer the underwriters and the lenders they were just writing it to anybody. Now it is so difficult to get a loan that when you are approved for a loan. They're saying that no matter what happens, you should be okay. Right. And like you said, you're putting in a down payment. There's not many zero down, right? So when you put a down payment, if things were to go backwards for you in your, in your situation, you can sell. Mm-hmm. You don't have to foreclose. You're in a position right. to sell. You're yeah. in a position to sell because you can still at least sell and maybe break even, but you're not going to ruin your life and go bankrupt and foreclose and short sale. Mm-hmm. All that, which you know was a product of... The crash. Right. So that I, was a very uh, important part. Yes. So yeah, well said. That was yeah. a better explanation around the down payment. Yeah. So I'm going to just give some uh, shameless plugs here. Um, so Matt is, <laughs> uh, is, is knowledgeable about the market. He understands buyers and sellers. He's got multiple clients going at all times, both on the buyer and the seller side. Mm-hmm. He's the right guy to call. Um, and if he ever gets stumped or something, then him and I will sit down and we'll brainstorm our way through it. There's not a lot that I haven't seen in the real estate market. Mm-hmm. So at the very worst, he's always got me to, to bounce an idea off of. And if I don't know it, then we'll go somewhere else. But we'll keep digging oh, yeah. until we get to the answer. So um, if you're looking to buy or sell in the near future, we would love the opportunity to represent you. We would love the opportunity to show you that we care and provide you with the experience that we believe mm-hmm. to be superior to the rest. So please don't hesitate to call us, um, Galindo Group Real Estate, Matt Langeth, Josh Galindo, Crystal Galindo. And that's my uh, final plug if anybody's got anything else. You got to go Galindo. You got to go Galindo. <laughs> no question, hands down. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very All right. fun. Very informative, Matt. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thanks, Thanks for, for being having here. me on. I appreciate it. All right, guys. That's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, subscribe, and share our podcast. You can also connect with us on social media or at galindogrouprealestate.com. Until next time, thanks again for listening.